Today is our annual opportunity for our moms and the mothers of our kids to, to honor them. And as Lisa said earlier, whether you are a biological mom or a spiritual mom, you have influence over somebody's life to influence them for good. And so today is our opportunity to shower all these women with our love and our gratitude and our appreciation. Hey, there's a story of a teacher of a second grade class. Uh, she was uh, doing a science experiment and she wanted to show them uh, what a magnet could do. And so she gave them a little quiz. She asked them a question thinking they were gonna give a certain answer and she says, uh, my full name has six letters in it, and the first letter is M, and I pick things up. What am I? And over half of the class in the written response put mother <laughs> for the answer. <laughs> you know, and sort of fits the bill, doesn't it? Yeah, at least you can say, I picked a few things up in my day. Hey, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs, the, the last chapter of it today. Uh, Proverbs 31 talks about women and noble women, women of noble character. Proverbs is a great book of wisdom. Uh, in Providentially, in my life, it was the very first book that someone asked me to read when they said, go ahead and read the Bible. Where should I start? Why don't you start in the book of Proverbs? And so as a 15-year-old, I'm reading about what a wise person does and what a foolish person does, and I realized that most most of my life was more over on the foolish side of the ledger, and I needed a turnaround. When we talk about wisdom in Proverbs, you get down to the very last chapter, and Proverbs is talking about this woman of noble character. In other words, what would wisdom, if, if a person, especially a female, put together all of the sayings of the book of Proverbs and put them into practice in her life, what would that kind of godly life look like? And so you see this Proverbs 31 talking about a woman of noble character. Now, in the uh, prayer meeting this morning, I gave a, a brief quiz to the, uh, the people that were in there. So I just have a question for you guys. There's only one place in the entire Bible where a woman of noble character is actually described as a woman and says, you are a woman of noble character. Does anybody know who that might be? See, there's only so many women mentioned in the Old Testament. Let's see. Uh, it was mentioned uh, on the threshing floor in the dark by a man who later wanted to marry this woman. Uh, she's, he said to her, you are a woman of noble character. And you know what? The whole town knows about it. They know about it. I know about it. And this man named Boaz loved this woman so much that he went out and figured out a way to marry her. And his name was uh, Boaz. Her name was Ruth. She was the woman of noble character. So I think about Ruth when I think about this woman of noble character. Proverbs 31, by the way, the last 20 or so, 22 verses of it, is actually a poem in the Hebrew language. It's a poem. It's an acrostic. Each of the letters of the stanzas in this poem begin with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it runs like from English would be from A to Z. From in, in the Hebrew language, it would be from Aleph to Tau. And each of the letters is describing this woman of noble character. What does, women, what does wisdom look like in action from the perspective of this woman? What does a godly woman look like? And the first thing I want to say 
about Proverbs 31 because I've, I've heard from women, I've read online that a lot of women read Proverbs 31 and they say, oh my goodness, I could never live up to this standard. This is like putting the bar so high I could never attain that or jump over it. I don't even like reading Proverbs 31 because it just makes me feel like a failure. Well, I want you to know something about Proverbs 31. The target audience of Proverbs 31 is actually for men, not for women, because it's, maybe it's trying to uh, tap us on the skull and say, hey, men, uh, you need to recognize the value of these godly women in your life, and you need to appreciate them, and you need to applaud them publicly. In the Jewish culture, it's not the men who even memorize Proverbs 31. It's not the women who memorize the Proverbs 31. It's the men. Uh, and there was a lady visiting Israel, and she says, on the night of the Sabbath, uh, on Friday night, the man, the husband, uh, stood up in uh, the meeting or in the, the dinner as it was starting, and he quoted in Hebrews Proverbs 31, and he sung it as a song to his wife. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, a good way to say it. So the target audience for Proverbs 31 is men, not women. Proverbs 31 also, in our next slide, it celebrates godly daily women, godly daily living for women. So what does a woman who lives a godly life each day, what does that look like? What are some of the characteristics? And I've, I've just outlined three. I said she has a strong character, she shows compassion, and she is wise and kind. So let's unpack that. Let's go back to the first one where it says she has strong character. The first one, it says, verse 17, it says this woman, this godly woman is energetic and strong. She is a hard worker. She does not, quote, eat the bread of idols. Right? So she is busy with her life during the day. She wakes up and she has purposes to accomplish that day. She is energetic and strong. She's a hard worker. Secondly, part of her strong character, where does she get that? Is she fears the Lord. I love this definition of somebody who really fears the Lord. If we fear the Lord, we will have no one else to fear. Right? She fears the Lord. She honors God with her life. And as a result of that, in verse 11, it talks about her husband and she being this woman of strong, godly character. It says her husband can trust her. Her husband uh, has great confidence in her. She will greatly enrich his life. Her husband has proven confidence that she will make good decisions, decisions that will benefit him, that will benefit their family, that will bless them, that she's always acting in the best interest of her family, and that's why her husband can trust her. So she has strong character. The second point about this godly woman is that she shows compassion, and I think I see a lot of godly women in this room I'll say the same thing the next hour. I see a lot of God-fearing, God-honoring women in this room, and one of the reasons I know that is because you all demonstrate the practice, the daily, weekly practice of unleashing compassion, of taking care, doing something for those who are less fortunate than you. She extends a helping hand to the poor. And then secondly, she opens her arms to the needy. She knows that God has blessed her and she knows that she's not just to be a, a, a reservoir of this blessing. She's meant to be a, a channel through which God's blessing flows, that God has blessed her so that she can be a blessing to other people who are less fortunate. And so she's giving of her time and her resources to help others in need. And then thirdly, She's not just compassionate, she's wise and kind. In verse 26, there's two little parts of it. It says, when she speaks, 
Her words are wise. You ever talk to somebody and you start to notice that what comes out of their mouth is generally not just good common sense, not just uh, an accurate assessment of the facts, but she, she knows the situation and she knows what to do in the situation. So her words are wise. And then kindness is the rule when she gives instruction. Now, I've known some other women who love uh, to know what to do and love to tell other people what to do, but they don't necessarily do it with kindness. They're the kind of, well, you don't know what you ought to do. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to do this and that. And, and they generally don't have as much influence as they think they have because they don't combine that, that wisdom or that instruction or that direction in which we should go. They don't combine it with kindness. People have to know that you care about them before they start to listen to what you have to say. So this woman is just full of showing compassion. She's wise, she's kind, and she has strong character. Now, where does a woman like that get all that wisdom? It says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so the wisdom that God gives us, whether we're women or men, it's good for any walk of life. She's not just telling everybody what to do and how to live life. She's full of kindness. People know that she loves them, that she cares about them. She's the kind of woman that other people go to for advice. You know, I have a problem. I've got a dilemma. I've got a crisis. Who do you think to go to when you say, I need to talk to somebody about this? And whatever woman that you're thinking of is probably this kind of Proverbs 31 kind of woman, a strong character and showing compassion, somebody who's wise and kind. This church, this poem in Proverbs 31 church, this reminds us that we are to celebrate all those daily acts of kindness and faithfulness and instruction and service and sacrifice that are exhibited by godly women in our lives. She has great wisdom. She has many life skills. She shows compassion. She does all those wise activities, and she does them with a great loving attitude. And the result is, it says her husband can trust her. She will greatly enrich his life. I want you to notice one other striking detail here about Proverbs 31. And you can read this whole chapter. I want you to notice what isn't in the chapter as well as what is. Because what is not in the chapter which is what our superficial culture out there totally focuses on, is you would think that good physical looks are everything. You look out in our, in our magazine covers, you go to Safeway, you go to Rayleigh's, you go down the, the aisle and you look on the magazine covers and you see a, a bunch of pictures of beautiful women. And what it's telling you is physical appearance, physical attractiveness is what's most important in life for any woman. And I don't know too many women that don't try to look attractive in some way, shape, or form. Most of them do. But the point of this Proverbs 31 is you don't hear or read about any mention of her physical appearance. What you do hear mention about is her character. She is beautiful, of course, but this woman, her beauty comes from inside. It comes from entirely from her excellent character. And it is beauty that is deeper and richer than the beauty of outward appearance. It reminds me of what Samuel was told. Remember Samuel was over there? Hey, God taps him on the shoulder and says, Saul's out, you need to anoint a new king for Israel. Go down to the sons of Jesse, by the way, Ruth's great-grandson, by the way, was David. And I thought I'd throw a little biblical trivia in there for you. 
And in the, in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus, David came from Ruth and Boaz. They were his great-grandparents. King David is about to be anointed king. But before that happens, Samuel was told to anoint the next king of Israel. It's going to be one of the sons of this guy here named Jesse. And so the first sons show up, and they're all tall and, and, uh, and, and striking physically, good-looking. And Samuel says, oh, because of what Saul was. Remember Saul, the old king, was a head taller than everybody else. He was physically, you know, impressive and things like that. He was like uh, the rock, Dwayne Johnson or something. So, so he's out there. And, and, and then so Samuel's thinking, I've got to look for somebody like that. That has to be the, the, the look of the next king of Israel because he needs to be impressive. And do you remember what God told Samuel? God says, do not look at the same things man looks at. Man looks at outward appearance. But God, God looks at the heart. God wants to see what is on the inside character of the person far more than whatever their physical appearance are, is. And because the husband, the godly husband, who may have a little wisdom himself, he notices these godly traits about his wife, about the women in his life. He says, he says her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. He says, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world. I wonder what world he was living in, because I'm not seeing. Like, there are many? I don't see that all that many out there. But he says, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world. But he says, you know what? You surpass them all. You surpass them all. So the, the proverb ends with this. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty will not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. A woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Let's value the things that God values. Let's value those godly traits of a woman who fears the Lord. She will be greatly praised. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your great love for each one of us. Thank you for bringing each person into this room today and for those who are also listening via live stream on the internet. Lord, thank you that because of your son Jesus, we can be members of your family. Through faith in Christ, we are adopted as sons and daughters into your forever family. So Lord, thank you that as family heirs, you've got great things in store for us, great things prepared for us. You call us heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And Lord, we are, we're so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord, for the women in our lives, for the mothers that you have given us. Thank you for their love and strength and sacrifice that they have given in order to raise us. Thank you for showing who you are through their lives through their mercy and grace, through the truth that they've spoken to us in love. And Lord, we pray your blessing on each one of these women. May they feel loved and appreciated today, especially for all that they do. Lord, in talking about Proverbs, your word says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I just want to ask if there's anybody in this room with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anyone here or listening, if you want to become part of God's family, if you want to be grafted in by faith into the forever family of God and be adopted as his son or as his daughter, 
What do you need to do? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You have to choose to put your trust in God. You have to choose to put your trust in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross for you so you could be forgiven. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to commit your life to him? If so, please pray along this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you you gave your life for me that you died on the cross for me so that I could find my way back to God. And Lord Jesus, I'm putting my trust and my faith in you. I decide today that I'm gonna follow you from this day for all the rest of the days of my life. Lord, I love you because you have demonstrated your great love for me, and I will follow you. Thank you for bringing me into your family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.